What's up, everybody, and welcome to Land Parties. I am your host, Lucas Agan. Joining me, as always, is Ryan Smith. Ryan, how's it going today? Not bad, buddy. We are actually working remotely uh, today using an app to record uh, the podcast. So it was a little different for some. I know that uh, a lot of people, a lot of industries have been hit and affected uh, by the by this uh, coronavirus and uh, this this social distancing. Uh, so it's kind of a kind of a weird start to the week, to be honest. It has, and you're right. It's affected a lot of industries. I mean, us being here in Las Vegas, we're seeing this full force, and yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's certainly rearing its ugly head here. Um, you know, just in the gaming industry, we've seen the arena out here at the Luxor. Uh, being closed temporarily because of this virus uh, and we're seeing a bunch of esports leagues having to take a lot of precautions ryan i don't think anyone expected it to have this much of an impact at first at least i didn't for sure i absolutely did if you if you recall if you go back a few weeks ago i actually talked about this on the podcast and when the first uh, uh what was it it was one of the conventions uh bigger conventions that that got canceled um, I said, look, this is this is the first domino in a stack of dominoes, and they are going to fall faster and faster because, number one, that set the precedence uh, as far as especially with larger companies, because you got to not only think about the uh, the public safety and, and, and uh, uh, people's well-beings, but they also have to think about the, the legal uh, implications that are there as well. You know, somebody or, or an outbreak being contracted in your your property or facility is not only going to look good uh, for the company as a whole, but it is financially, it financially could be crippling. Uh, so it makes sense that everyone is following suit. We know that uh, the esports leagues, you know, they're looking at options to uh, to be able to, uh, um, you know, do some of their events online, um, which is which is which is huge. Um, but you know, it makes sense then that the arena would also follow suit. My understanding though is that their front lobby, at least. For now is going to stay open with those gaming consoles. I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work or how long that will even last. Yeah, you know, this this situation is so fluid. Um, we've seen developments happen and change over the course of a few hours. So, you know, yeah. probably whatever we say will probably have changed <laughs> right. by the time you're listening to this. But yeah, you know, these companies do have to be on their heels, ready to react and ready to change uh, their plans a little bit. Um, yeah, it, it is a safe thing to do. And, you know, gaming is one of the few industries that has the benefit of being able to, to play online. So, you know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things out there that affect a lot of people that, that don't have that benefit that they can't really do uh, in a secondary setting like gaming can. So I, I guess in, in one sense, it's it's good for gaming that they have that, it's not even a fallback, but just that other option for players to continue on. Yeah, and 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 not only that, but I think it's also going to force a lot of people to come up with innovative, innovative, innovative 
geez, innovative ways to be able to continue to connect with their communities, to be able to present the things that are going on. Because we still have games that are going to be coming out. They still need to, you know what I mean? There's there's all kinds mm-hmm. of different platforms and ways that they could, you know, uh, use to promote and, and, and market these, these games that are coming on, these conferences that are getting closed. Um, you know, maybe, you know, I, I know what sports being, uh, sports being, basically being done indefinitely um you know that 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 affects the uh, sports betting and that whole industry and then you have networks that just do sports so <laughs> you know these people yep. this this could be a time too where because you know again where we have these leagues that are continuing to uh, hold these tournaments online you know now now you, you know maybe these these uh networks or or whatever start looking at hey let's broadcast some of this stuff because this is the only thing that uh that uh we've got sports wise really or you know I, and i'm not sure how it works as far as uh um sports betting on video games uh but i definitely think it's something worth looking at and i i feel like possibly again don't quote me on this but i feel like somewhere on the east coast it is allowed and they do take bets and stuff like that uh i'm not very knowledgeable in that industry uh but it could be something then that ends up forcing something forward again this is just speculation um that that kind of you know changes the landscape i i think regardless the landscape of things are going to change after this is all said and done um you know for for such a i mean for everything that's going on right now you know not in my lifetime have we ever seen anything like this so it's it's you know we're literally in the middle of history right now it's something that is i feel almost unprecedented right and you know i you're exactly right there's gonna have to be some innovation that comes out of this um you know it's funny because that jogged my memory the phoenix suns actually said that they were gonna finish out their regular season on nba 2k (laughs) and they were going to stream their games on twitch (laughs) Um, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) just kind of a a fun little diversion and and a fun little way for them to connect with their fans even though obviously the nba is not playing right now uh so so maybe we'll see more things like that start to come out of this and you know who knows where that can lead going forward yeah i would i would love to see that i I think uh it's something that we have to now looking forward and and depending on how long this and, and these restrictions last um you know what does the landscape look like here in the fall uh what do we what do we have coming up we have you know major consoles dropping there are mm-hmm. other i know twitchcon uh na is uh is during that time you have uh mm-hmm. i think pax west or or a pax at some point in time you have other big yep. things so right now they're kind of in this dead zone of everyone's just kind of let's sit and see what happens over the course of the next two to four weeks and then start planning accordingly um you know again i'm it, it, this is just absolutely mind blowing to me it is and you know i mean since nobody really knows how long this is going to last before it starts to get better it it does make me wonder at what point does this affect like i mean i'm obviously i'm not an expert with how it what it takes to get all the the components ready to to mass produce a console but at what point does it start to jeopardize a fall release for these consoles like do do we see a, a delay maybe i didn't even think about that oh my goodness oh like, my like, goodness yeah 
Because that like, absolutely would have an effect. They absolutely would. I would imagine. Like, hopefully not, but you, my assumption would be you would need at least a couple months lead time to start mass producing everything. And, I mean, that puts it at summer, really. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, it, it's something that, that I'm hopefully will not have to face, but it's something that might be there in the back of their minds. Yeah, I would think that you would have to at least plan for that uh, in, in the chance that that does come to fruition. Uh, but I imagine at this point in time, it's, it's you know, stick to the plan, everything, you know, whatever, whatever their plan may be. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious, though, to see if this pushes anything up either with people having to take uh, basically, you know, mandatory either time off or or working from home you know would there be any games that that move forward their releases just because there's going to be a whole bunch of eyeballs sitting around looking for things to do um you know this could be an opportunity as well that would be so refreshing to have a game come out before the announced date rather than after unprecedented (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I, you know because i every time i see a release date to a game i just assume it's going to be delayed it would be kind of nice for them to push a game up (laughs) yeah that would be uh that would be uh that would be interesting or at least start flowing out some more information just knowing that there's going to be more people around looking for things to do i mean you know right again it's it's especially for for access that consumers have not only to games but just content creation in general um i you know again i think and i like to think of it you know look at it from a, a silver lining standpoint i think that uh you know there's a lot of opportunities to uh really get the message out there, create something entertaining for people, just, you know, kind of, kind of get people's minds off it a little bit and, and, and do something, uh, uh, new and different. Yeah, that would be nice. You know, I, I can't help but think it would have been nice if a game like the last of us had met its original release oh. date. <laughs> oh. However, yeah. However, though, I'm going to throw that out there. Animal Crossing, uh, is coming out on, on Friday here in a couple of days. So, I'm, again, hey. I've never played that game before, but my daughter is is you know we we set that as a goal for her. If she's you know doing well and whatnot, we would get that for her as a as a reward. It's awesome that we could all play on the same Switch. Uh, we can have our you know our own islands. Like, dude, I was like, that sounds perfect. Because uh, at least graphically, that's something that's a little more palatable mm-hmm. for me as opposed to like Minecraft. I, I don't know that graphics. Right. I have a hard time. <laughs> you know, I I will warn you. You're gonna you're gonna say you're gonna dip your toe into Animal Crossing, and then it's mm-hmm. gonna be like a week later, and you're gonna be like, my goodness, how much time have I put into this? <laughs> oh lord, oh lord, I'm ready, I'm ready. It's I've gonna, been preparing it's my gonna whole life draw you in. It's it. You know what? It is one of the, it's a perfect game if you're gonna be stuck in your house. That mm-hmm. is one of those perfect games. You will pass so much time in that. Yeah, that's what I, dude, I've heard, man. I mean, just some of the things going down the list, like, I didn't even know, like, because I had heard people talk about Animal Crossing before, but I had no idea what it was about, what, you know, anything, but I've heard nothing but great things about it. And typically, again, this is not a game that I would generally pick up 
or look to play but i think it's something that fun that we can do as a family because my daughter enjoys that uh you know the missus you know i think she would get on board with that because we've all played minecraft together and stuff like that too so fun little uh family game but you know i'm gonna dive real deep <laughs> and you know what it, it's a game that you have to experience because you if you're describing it to someone it sounds kind of silly <laughs> right. it sounds a, probably a little boring but oh my goodness once it gets its claws into you be ready ryan just be ready <laughs> i'm ready i'm ready like i said i've been preparing my whole life for this so <laughs> you, know, you know i also have to feel feel a little bad for microsoft because mm. they had e3 all to themselves they were ready to unveil the series x and all its glory and then of course the coronavirus came in and well that didn't happen that all went up in smoke but yeah, i mean yeah yeah i was gonna say the good news is it maybe forced them to reveal a lot more information earlier <laughs> so mm. hey we got something <laughs> yeah let me ask you a, a quick kind of side topic to, to e3 here there mm. there's been discussions about whether e3 is kind of losing its luster a little bit i mean you know a, a nintendo doesn't hasn't done a live press conference there for years sony now was saying that they weren't even going to be there do you think e3 isn't the e3 that we all remember from our, our childhoods no absolutely i mean absolutely it's not um I, I think one of the biggest factors to this is that people got teams and and realized wait why are we sharing our audience with these people and and going to this thing when we could just do our own event keep it all in house and and do that stuff so i think there was a little bit of that but just different ways and different platforms and different ways to reach uh people and and communities has expanded so much uh it's it's making some of these you know brick and mortar gotta go to be there and, and don't get me wrong like the experience of a convention there's nothing like that uh, but I, I, I'm not surprised that we're, we're seeing some of these people drop out from these physical events and them coming up or developing something that is specific, uh, to, to what they have going on. I could see more and more people doing, uh, things like that. So I, I think from a convention standpoint, they, they need to look at a way to draw, uh, <clears throat> these vendors and these people back in. Uh, that they haven't. Otherwise, I, I think eventually, you know, some of these things will end up just becoming shells of what they used to be. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny, too, because Nintendo is behind Sony and Microsoft in so many ways, but they were actually pretty far ahead if you think about the, the Nintendo Directs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as goofy as those things are, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like getting many E3s throughout the year. So if you're a Nintendo fan, hey, what could be better than getting, like, three or four of those throughout the year and getting this 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 rush of information about upcoming games to keep you excited and keep you engaged throughout the year right that's yeah no exactly so i mean it makes sense and, and excuse me i think and i was speaking i was speaking about this on the uh on uh the another podcast that i'm on cfg gamecast with 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 E3, obviously, I mean, they can't control the coronavirus and all that. But what does E3 have to do next year to win you back, do you think? What what needs to change? What can they do to be the the premier event again? 
real real quick too i remember um okay. uh, my buddy was saying that uh he thought it was a blessing for e3 with the coronavirus because he thought that that it was going to be dismal regardless uh you know as far as with the show and just all the changes and the people that have dropped out uh you know kind of he, he was speaking on the on the same fact that uh it, it's not what it used to be um mm -hmm. so he thinks that this technically was a blessing uh for e3 as far as next year and and you know what what they can do to uh man that's a that's a, it's a tough one i i'm you know i i don't really know uh what you can do again as a you know you, i i think of them as a as a almost like a housing unit uh for all these different uh companies and places to be able to go into to reach these people whereas that again is not maybe the most effective way or the best way to reach who your uh, uh target audience is you know, let me think on, you know, I, I've got a year now to think about and develop a different way to be able to reach my audience uh, and, and it be just as effective as me going to this convention. So uh, I, it, it's tough to say if there's anything. I think this might be that slow leak that, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that happening. And you know, with with E3 being canceled like that, it this has got to be the weirdest build up to a new console generation that I can remember. Yeah. <laughs> like like the, at least in the back of my mind I was always like at least Microsoft we know would have this big coming out party at E3. Obviously mm -hmm. that didn't happen or won't happen. So now I'm I'm sitting there going like, man, <laughs> are we gonna get like any event? Because now it just seems like <laughs> 2020 is just canceled. Okay, 2020 yes. is canceled. Yep. We're just gonna move yep. on in 2021 and <laughs> and hope for, hope for a better year. No, you're right, man. Like, yeah, it's like this is it's been super. It's such a especially with new consoles dropping and this and that. I mean, this has had such a huge global impact on everything. I know it's not as severe for some as in other places, but it's having some sort of impact. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. I don't know, man. Like you, I just, I didn't see it coming. I don't, I don't know that a lot of people saw this coming and uh, you know, just I, to me, it's, it's always, it's not about the the impeding, you know, what can happen. It's always right. the resilience of people and and people coming together and what we can accomplish together when times are tough or we are faced with something that is threatening our our you know our brothers and sisters uh, out there. Uh, you know that that you know with again, I always like to say, you know, with the, with that bad stuff, there always is good that comes from it as well yeah definitely and you know it it's it's this might sound cliched but when you you think of games and you think of those games that kind of transcend genre or transcend the industry it can bring people together and you know a gaming community can be toxic but it can also be strong it can also be meaningful you know i've talked to gamers who their little gaming community is the reason why they were able to persevere through a tragedy in their life or a tough time in their life. And, you know, it, hopefully we'll see more of that kind of positivity and that, that strength that we can draw from in the gaming community kind of continue to show up here and, and drive this industry forward here. Yeah, and I know a lot of people have trouble, especially being on the outside 
uh, of this world, I feel. It's hard to see, but it's more than just games. It's people connecting and socializing, becoming best friends, uh, getting married. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, there's so much more. This is the new way that people, not the new old way, that people are are connecting with each other. And, and you know, there, it's not going away. It's only getting bigger. It's going to continue being on the forefront of mainstream because all of it, you know, a lot of it is tied and connected together uh, as far as these different industries and stuff like that. So I think, you know, future-wise, it, it's going to continue being a driving force and we're going to see more and more of it. And I'm excited to see kind of what does what the landscape ends up looking like uh technology wise and and connecting wise uh for our future it, it's it's crazy crazy amazing times to be alive i can tell you that oh yeah definitely and you know the, the funny thing is like we were just saying new consoles are theoretically going to arrive later this year um, at least as far as we know still mm-hmm. ryan i want to talk to you a little bit about the xbox and yeah. Let me just start with, I read an article from IGN, and (laughs) I know Microsoft has been, out of the two companies, has been the one company that's been actually forthcoming with details, which I do appreciate. The one Mm -hmm. thing that I really hope is not true (laughs) is in this IGN article, they were trying to think of, predict the price, essentially, Mm -hmm. and... Their prediction was six hundred dollars or above, <laughs> and Ooh. and Ryan, I just hope that's false. I hope they're wrong. I hope they are wrong, and I hope they're wrong by at least a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, we kind of talked about this uh, a little bit before uh, beforehand, and I can almost see it. Like in in comparison, let's say with the uh, the PlayStation Five. We know that, or allegedly, that there's going to be two different models that drop day one. Now, if that is the case, and Xbox prices at at six hundred starting out, that now gives uh, PlayStation the ability to say, you know what, we're going to make our base model five hundred. We'll make our mega mega super duper at six hundred, which is comparable now to just your base uh, uh, X, Xbox Series X. Um, I kind of feel like that's the strategy that that they that PlayStation is looking to play. I'm I'm with you. I hope it's not six hundred dollars. Um, I don't know that it is. You know, I don't know that that's a stretch because again, and 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 we know this. Those th- these consoles are not really being designed for casual gamers. These are right. for people that play video games all the time. I'm going to notice the beautifulness of the graphics, the crispness of the sound, like, you know, things like that. And I fully immerse myself in, you know, I'm very involved within that community is what they're building these machines for. So you'll see people, and I've seen it on my timelines on social and stuff like that. People, oh, what are they doing? I can't afford this for my kid. It's like your kid is not their demographic. <laughs> right, that's true. They are, that is very they true. are targeting us. Uh, you know what I mean? All you know, older millennials uh, and whatnot that grew up playing video games who now have uh, you know some some disposable income and whatnot. Those we are the people that they are marketing to and and building a machine for. And I can't freaking wait. 
I think it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and like I said, I don't care what price it drops at. I'm getting it day <laughs> one, son. <laughs> let, let, me, let me ask you a hypothetical question then. Okay. If, if they're entering a – let's just say Microsoft does do a 600-plus price point. Mm-hmm. Does that change the equation in your mind to say, I would rather just get a gaming PC? Um. <sighs> yeah, I think that's a great question because, again, we've talked about this before, just how the tools for content creation are a lot more consumer friendly price wise and, you know, just knowledge base wise. Uh, so I feel like people are, are are starting to lean more to getting PCs because you can both game and create content. Now you can directly out of uh, out of uh, uh, PlayStation and Xbox. However, you don't have the tools uh, available that you may have uh, doing it um, directly or doing it from a PC. So uh, yeah, I mean, I would think yes, but I think there's a lot of people too that are just not comfortable with computers and they know they are comfortable with consoles and controllers and what they know so they're going to stick with what they know that is very true i've got a, one more question for you ryan to try mm-hmm. and throw in another wrinkle into this equation here <laughs> <laughs> you know before before the the price talk has started to surface i used to think man nintendo's got to come out with like a switch pro right they got to do mm-hmm. something if the console started at 600, I think Nintendo could just be like, we're not going to change. And our console starts at 200. Yeah. <laughs> and to a lot of people, I don't know, <laughs> like you That's... could buy three Switch lights <laughs> for the price of, of the one. Not only that, but Nintendo has always been kid friendly. I'm actually right. kind of surprised that they've been diving into some more mature games on their uh on their platform uh but i love it because it's like opening it up to to other games as well but you know they're known for being kid friendly and and that's a that's a kid friendly price two hundred dollars right there uh right. You, you know what i mean e- that's an easy decision um if that is the case you know again they just they just stay the course they do what they've been doing because they know and they they've always been regardless of of what other people are doing they've done what they've wanted to do and i've got to respect that about uh, nintendo Right. And, you know, in my mind, if I'm Nintendo and you want to steal some of the thunder away from them, take mm-hmm. your, your top of the line model and drop it to like 250 and just right. be like, look, look, <laughs> but, hey. it might not have all the bells and whistles, but it's half the cost. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And your kids, this is kid friendly, y'all. People will, yeah, no, that's easy. I can, I can see regardless, I think too, you know what I mean? And especially price point wise, I could see this coming up holiday season, uh, you know, uh, switches outselling, uh, the other things, the, uh, the newer ones. Yeah. It, it'll just be interesting. Cause like you, you always wonder how much does price play into it? And I mean, I guess we'll get to see you like right off the bat, just because of the, the wide range and prices of these consoles. So it'll be fascinating to watch. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think we're going to take a, let's take a quick one real quick, a quick one real quick. That was, that was brilliant. Uh, speaking there, by the way, uh, we're going to be right back. I'm gonna go ahead and shut up, shut my face. Currently no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. 
BetOnline.ag still has hundreds of places to wager. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts and esports is on the rise. If you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your new ticket to online action. And welcome back. We are going to get into our interview. We had a, this was an awesome interview. Uh, we got to sit down and speak with Eric Clips Rivera, the, one of the co-founders of FaZe Clan. Uh, it was, it was awesome getting to speak with him, uh, you know, kind of talking about how they started, how, how everything started with them, uh, things that they've got going on out here in Las Vegas, uh, that are coming up. You guys got to stick around, listen to this interview. And welcome back, guys. And we've got a super special interview for you for you guys today. Uh, we are joined by Eric Rivera, founder of Phase Clan. Eric, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys for having me on today. Oh, we are super excited. And let me just jump right in. Eric, take me back to the beginning. How did you kind of form FaZe Clan and, and what were your expectations when you started way back when? <laughs> oh, man, I was about 14 years old. Um, it was summertime. I was going from like middle school to high school and I was just, you know, playing Call of Duty with a couple of friends. And, um, you know, we decided to, to make a gaming like YouTube channel. And, um, you know, we started trick shotting. And it, it became, you know, something that trended back then and we were the only ones doing it and it blew up. I never would have thought that it would, you know, become so huge and, and actually become like a lifestyle nowadays. So I'm just so grateful, you know, to be a part of the gaming industry. You know, early on when you're just doing it with some friends, having a good time, what what were you hoping to get out of it? And when did that start to change? When did you start to see it become more than what you initially expected? Um, honestly, I really wasn't trying to get much out of it. It was like, you know, an escape, you know, I didn't want to do my homework. I didn't want to, you know, worry about other real life things. I was just a kid having fun playing video games and it was also a way to be creative. So, you know, making YouTube videos and stuff like that back then, it just felt, you know, really, really organic and it felt like not a job. It felt more like, you know, I'm just, just doing, you know, doing what, what I, what I want to do on the internet. Um, and even now it still feels like that. Um, but I didn't really start noticing the change up until like, I would say like 2016, um, like when I really saw like the opportunity that was there for gaming, you know, so many people's lives were, were being changed and, you know, people were becoming millionaires off of YouTube, off of, you know, social media apps. And I was, you know, I would say like 21 at that point. And I'm like, you know, wow, like this is a real career and not only for me, but even people younger than me. And I think a lot of parents realize that now, too, with, with what's going on with gaming. So it's super dope. Yeah. And I know that uh, and I believe it was in uh, 2014, you guys started like uh, incorporating lifestyle content. Like what how much do you think that like really changed and, and really you know what I mean? Kind of showing this different life. Cause I mean, my, my, you know, from what I've experienced within the gaming community, it really is so much about, uh, you know, that community aspect and, and being able to 
connect with people on this different level, especially, you know what I mean? You're getting to, to connect with these professional uh, gamers that are that are just ridiculous and being able to have access like that. Uh, uh, you know, how much did that change things for you guys? Honestly, um, I, I feel like, you know, it was like a, a perfect timing situation. You know, it was a lot, we, we come from, you know, the technology era, at least my generation. And um, people are always on their phones now. So I feel like there was a transition from TV, you know, like reality TV and stuff like that. So now you have apps like YouTube, you know, Twitch, TikTok and stuff like that. So, you know, we, you kind of saw people put their life now on the Internet and it's on their phone. It's such easy access because everybody's, you know, sick of TV. It's old and all this stuff was new at the time. Um, so I think that had a lot to do with it, where it was just, you know, everybody was already on their phones. Now you see people's lifestyle in, um, in a shorter, you know, time span. You know, everybody has that attention that it, it comes and it goes so quick nowadays. So. I think that had a lot to do with it. Yeah, and and definitely, I feel like groundwork stuff too. Just because people, I, I feel like now people are starting to catch on of of how much you really can do with video and these different platforms that we have. Uh, exactly. You know, not only for gaming, but you know, for for anything in life. You know, uh, right? I, I it's it's amazing. Oh yeah, that's why I'm so excited to you know you know be have my foot in the door especially early and just be able to, to not only, you know, have opportunity, but create opportunity for others. You know, as, as those opportunities have kind of come along, how did you, how did your vision kind of form come into being and, and how did you kind of shape FaZe Clan into the direction it started to head and, and, and what it's become? Oh yeah. So um, I'm one of the original founders along with two others, this guy from Canada um, named Ben, AKA FaZe House Cat um, mm -hmm. and um, Resistance. Um, he is from Texas. Um, they're no longer in the organization, but um, I recruited Tommy Temper um, back in the day mm -hmm. for like graphic design. And also he was a player for us and he actually became the owner and took over phase and and really was the one who transitioned it from just, a, you know, the YouTube sniping channel on Call of Duty to this, you know, one of the biggest esports organizations in the world. Right. Um, so that that transition um you know it, it's it's not a one-man thing and i feel like times change so there's so much people involved you know shout out to bank shout out to everybody else um you know there's so many people who are a part of seeing this grow into the lifestyle brand that it is today it's really hard to put into words to to say like what you know how it happened what's the blueprint um you know we have the professional esports team that was like the first step. You know, we had a you know professional mm -hmm. Call of Duty team. We got in the events. We placed well, created that name. We already had the community behind us in Call of Duty. Um, and then from there, you know, we we were able to obtain more professional esports players and get our foot in the door in different um, gaming leagues. And then, like you said, with the lifestyle content that came into play, and then it also opened the doors to now work with other influencers, not only in gaming, but, you know, in, in sports and, and music and stuff like that. You know, when, when you think of, of this journey and, and you know, think if, you, if you were to talk to your 14-year-old self right now, <laughs> what, what would your 14-year-old self think of, of where you are today? And what would be that piece of advice you tell that young person <laughs> to help them on, on that path? Honestly, I wouldn't even believe myself if I told my 14-year-old self what what was happening right now and even what what would happen in 5 years from now like that that kind of thing I think wasn't even in my head like I said I was just a kid playing video games man I wasn't even worried about you know what I would be doing for the rest of my life I was just worried about <laughs> playing Call of Duty and playing with my boys every day um but honestly the best advice I would give myself is to you know just stay passionate 
um, stay focused and just to be able to to grow from things and learn and you know not keep my head down when when things got um, you know rough. I think that's just a part of advice that you can give to anybody in life. It doesn't even have to be for my situation. Yeah. What so. As far as future plans, do you have any kind of future plans as far as content creation, uh, games? Are there games this year that you're excited about? Oh, yeah. So for the future, you know, I've actually I'm out here in Las Vegas. Um, shout out to my, my, my homie Overflow. He's actually one of my business partners. He's the whole reason why I even came out to Vegas to move out here six months ago. Um, we had nice. a content house out here. We were doing like TikTok. We're blowing up on TikTok. He's blowing up on TikTok. So right now, my main focus is to continue to um, create content, help others create content, um, you know, work with Overflow on creating just, you know, a different wave of, of influencers through TikTok, too, because I feel like right now that is a big, big, big part of influence um, on the Internet. You're going to see TikToks on Twitter. You're going to see TikToks on Instagram. You're going to see them pretty much on every social media platform. And it's really changing the way I think people create content because it's so such quick content, 15 to 60 second videos. Um, but yeah. yeah, like I said, just continuing to to really just push the envelope, man, with everything that I do, whether it be, you know, music, whether you it be said gaming. TikTok, it literally, be I have like over the last, like I'm part of a challenge to do it uh, for 14 days. Uh, I didn't understand it, but I know that there's like there's so many eyeballs and so many different ways to connect with people through it. Uh, so, I, you know, I'm kind of forcing myself to go into it. And like the, the <laughs> deeper I'm getting into it, I'm just like I'm like, this is blowing my mind. Like this is absolutely blowing my mind. The people I've connected with and, and you know, just another way of communicating with people that I just, you know, before I'm just like, oh, it's just people uh, over there doing dancing videos and lip syncing. <laughs> Got into it. And I was like, yeah. no, it's a lot more than that. Oh, yeah. See, I was the same way. I thought it was just a kid app that, you know, like you said, people were just lip singing and dancing on and I was fighting it for like a year. And then uh, when I moved out here about six to eight months ago, I um, I made my first video and then it blew up and then I gave it a break. I still wasn't sold on it, but I was just helping my friends make videos. I was helping Overflow mm -hmm. and a few other friends. Um, then, you know, I made another video, got seven million views. And like a few wow. days and I was like, wow, like this is it. And it <laughs> felt like it felt like YouTube again. Like I was just having fun making videos every day. Yeah. Like this is a whole different vibe. And like you said, it's not just a lip singing and dancing and stuff. You can really find something, I think, for everybody on there. You know, when you're creating content for people, what what is your mindset? What are you hoping people take away from it? And what kind of a mindset does a content creator have to have to be truly successful and get to that next level? Um, I would say just a good work ethic and also make sure you're passionate and having fun. It's just like any other thing that you do. If you don't love it or if you're not really enjoying it, you're probably not going to have the best outcome out of it. Um, you, you know, So make sure that if you're doing it, you like doing it. My best advice for anybody who wants to create content is just create content that you would enjoy yourself. Don't worry about anybody else enjoying it because nine times out of 10, you're, there's going to be someone who relates to you. You know what I mean? So it'll, it'll find its audience. You don't really have to force it on anyone. Um, and it's not going to happen overnight as well. A lot of times you, with the social media stuff, you only see the good, the good, the good, because that's all anybody wants to post. But there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs. And you just got to remember that. Yeah. Then I feel like I'd be remiss if I don't say something, obviously, uh, and and us being out here uh, with the, the quarantines and uh, coronavirus, uh, we're actually working uh, from home. We're doing this all remotely. Uh, this is having a huge impact on on everything. Gaming, casinos, tourism. 
uh, everything. I, I also kind of, you know, because I'm very much a silver lining person as well. And I feel like this also will kind of force people into maybe getting a little more innovative about how we're able to connect and start going into other spaces that we may not have. Um, I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on that? I, I think that you're exactly right. Like now, like you said, there's going to be so many people who's who are used to doing things not on the internet, not web based. When in reality, you know, we have these tools right at our at our hands. You know, you're going to see people who are going to be using Discord, a game, you know, a game, mostly gaming app for work. You know, things that they weren't used mm-hmm. to. So I think it's definitely going to open people's minds a lot. And like you said, they're going to find out new ways to be innovative, whether it's creative, you know, just content or whether it's just ways to be innovative in their everyday life. Uh, anything that you have going on in the immediate future? Um, as of right now, I'm excited to to get this content house going with Overflow, like I said, with a bunch of other TikTok gaming influencers and just really pave the way for, for people to, to, to get content and be influenced in 2020 and beyond. Um, and I'm also excited for, like you said, the future of gaming in Las Vegas and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of big stuff going on out here too. So I'm excited to be a part of that, especially in this big city. Uh, absolutely. Uh, lay it on us again. Where can we find you uh, on the socials? On the socials, I have a few different names on my different socials. But honestly, if you just look up Phase Clips on Google, you should be able to find me. I probably am the most followed account on whatever pops up. But my mo- my, my most uh, followed social is going to be at Phase Clips on TikTok. That's my most important one. Go follow me on TikTok. Thank you very much. We appreciate it, Eric. Of course. I appreciate you guys. No problem. Thanks for joining us. Thanks again, Eric, for that wonderful interview it's it's kind of funny to think that 2010 it doesn't seem like it was that long ago but it was really they really kind of helped usher in the the content creation rush absolutely dude and just to see how much they've been able to accomplish in 10 years is is amazing and how much they've helped to shape not only uh you know esports but the gaming and content creation uh in general yeah, you know, and it'll be exciting. He it sounds like he's got plenty of stuff in in the works, and um, I'm looking forward to see what he's doing. It, it's man, based on what he's been able to accomplish already, I think we're all in for a treat. That's for sure. Yeah, and and the fact that you know, I'm excited to see what they do with their uh, TikTok stuff. So speaking of TikTok, that's gonna do it for us. Boom! You like what I did there? <laughs> Thank you guys very much again. Uh, I hope you guys are being safe, be healthy, uh, and and you know. Thank you. Thank you guys again for uh, listening. Don't forget, check us out on Twitter at Lamb Parties uh, is our Twitter or at Smitty2447 or Lamb Parties uh, Pod. Yep, it is Lamb Parties Pod. It is at Lamb Parties Pod. Somebody, somebody, oh my goodness. Stop me. Somebody just stop me. Uh, <laughs> check us out though. Hit us up on there and we'll see you guys real soon. Oh, don't forget, we love your faces.